The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible? Lift it up real high. Are you excited? Well, then shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Namplange, Vandach, Nasijaye. I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Man, we're going to be talking about uh, what I like to call understanding the seasons or understanding the times. Amen. Uh, I believe uh, this is uh, uh, a very uh, foundational uh, series. At the same time, I think it's appropriate to teach it right now uh, so that we can bring some hope uh, to you. Amen. And so as we launch out uh, uh, this statement that we're going to read in First Thessalonica chapter number 4, verse 13, the Apostle Paul uh, mentions or says this statement uh, in, in, in two other places in the Bible. And this statement is, I would not have you to be ignorant about this. So the Apostle Paul, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 1, he begins to talk about uh, a new covenant or New Testament baptism in reference to the children of Israel, uh, uh, you know, moving from Egypt all the way through the Red Sea uh, to the Promised Land. And he mentions this, this phrase, I would not have you to be ignorant about this. He wanted them uh, to know not be ignorant about the transitioning of uh, being old covenant saints and the baptism that comes with it as we are transitioning in the new covenant. Amen. And the second place that the apostle Paul mentions this uh, statement, I would not have you to be ignorant, is in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 verse 1. And here, he's talking about spiritual gifts. And he says to the church at Corinth, I don't want you to be ignorant about these spiritual gifts uh, that the Lord has given to the church uh, so that they can be used uh, to benefit the entire body. Amen? And the third one is what we're going to be zeroing in today. And it's in First Thessalonica, First Thessalonians chapter number 4, uh, verse 13. First Thessalonians. Uh, Thessalonians chapter number 4 verse 13 and this is what it says it says but I would not have you ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. And I'm going to stop right there. So the Apostle Paul, uh, in the book of uh, Thessalonians, both letters, uh, the first and the second, he begins to talk to the church about the coming uh, age, the coming dispensation, where we are going as children of God. And the reason why he was sharing this was so that he can bring some hope to the church. Amen? And so the reason why we're going to be taking a journey uh, and looking at what the Bible 
has to say about, and, and taking really an eschatological uh, snapshot or, or view, vantage view of what the Bible is saying about where we are going. The reason why we are doing that is so that we can bring some hope. Amen? And here the Apostle Paul says, uh, uh, I would have you not to be ignorant about the fact that we are going to soon be reconciled with those who have fallen asleep. For a child of God, for a born-again believer, death is not the end of the story. Praise God. That's good news. In fact, death is the beginning of our story. Amen? Uh, I think it was uh, Bobby Andian. He actually did the math, uh, you know, from that scripture that says uh, a thousand days with the Lord is as one day and one day is as a thousand days. And he did the math. And he said, if someone had died 10 years prior to you dying, when you finally show up to heaven, it's going to feel like you've just showed up 15 minutes after they died. See, because time in the eternal realm is different from time out here. Amen? I mean, you don't need more convincing than just to look at all the stars in our galaxy. You, I mean, we all have different amount of days for a year because time is different depending on where you are, how far you are uh, from the sun and the speed that you orbit the sun. So all the different factors, you know, just in the natural show us that times can be different. Now, when you're talking about an eternal realm, man, he says 10 years is going to feel like 15 minutes. You're going to show up and people will be like, man, what you doing here? I just got here and you followed me, and it'll be 10 years later. It's awesome. Amen? And so we're going to be looking at uh, 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 these things and many other things, and the purpose of this series is to bring hope. Someone say hope. So quickly now, let's go to Hebrews chapter number 1 from verse 1 to 2. Hebrews chapter number 1 uh, from verse 1 to 2. I love the book of Hebrews. As a gentleman, he had just gotten married, and uh, so him and his wife decided uh, that they were going to do everything according to the Bible. And uh, so the one time the you know, wife said to him, honey, I think you should be the one making tea all the time. And then uh, the, the wife went on to say, because it's in the Bible. And the husband said, well, it's in the Bible? Where is it in the Bible? I'd like to see it. And the husband said, Hebrews chapter number one. Hebrews chapter number two. Hebrews chapter number... He is still brewing chapter number four. <laughs> All the way to chapter 13, the brother was brewing. Amen? And so it says in Hebrews chapter number one from verse one to two, it says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son. Who might be his son? Jesus. Amen. Whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. And uh, so sometimes the English language, you know, uh, minimizes the depth of meaning, particularly when you're dealing with scripture, uh, because in the English language, something may mean uh, a one thing, but in the Greek, it may mean another. And uh, for lack of uh, deeper uh, vocabulary, we just have to work with what we have. But if you look at some phrases that are in this verse, the first one we want to look at is sundry time. In the Greek, that uh, a phrase sundry, sundry times is polymeros, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, uh, which also means ages or dispensations. Someone say dispensations. It, it means ages or, or dispensations. So he's saying in Hebrews chapter number one that in, in, in previous dispensations or in the previous age, God spoke uh, to our fathers in the faith by the prophets. 
Amen? And then he goes on to say, God has in these last days, that's another phrase we need to look at, the phrase last days does not mean final days or final moments. When the apostle, uh, the prophet Joel uh, said in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. He was not saying in the final moments because we've been at it for the last 2,000 years. This thing called the uh, last days. Amen. So he was talking about the dispensation that you and I live in known as the dispensation of grace. Amen. And so he's saying here in this dispensation of grace, God has spoken to us through Jesus. God speaks to us through Jesus, and Jesus is his word. John chapter number one, uh, verse one. But I want to uh, uh, back down uh, a little bit and read uh Verse 1 again, and then we're going to look at some things there. He says, God who at sundry times or in previous dispensations and in diverse manners, which is various ways, spake in times past unto the forefathers uh, by the prophets, as in these last days or in this current dispensation has spoken to you and I uh, by the Son. So building up to where we are and the dispensation that you and I live in, which Jesus said, the prophets of old, the saints of old longed to see the things that we see, longed to hear the things that we hear because this dispensation is so glorious. Amen. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 4.18, it says the path of the righteous, talking about this dispensation, it says it's like the shining sun. It gets brighter and brighter until the fullness of its shining or until the fullness of the day. It's interesting that it didn't say uh, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter until dusk. You know why? Because it's not going down. It's not going to dim. It keeps shining brighter and brighter until we check out and get into the fullness of that brightness. In, in, in other words, when you get born again, your life is supposed to be on an upward trajectory. It's supposed to get better. Every single day is sweet with Jesus. Did I say sweet? I meant to say sweeter. <laughs> Every single day is supposed to get better with Jesus. Amen. And then when we check out, we check out into the fullness of that light. Heaven is going to be even sweeter. That's what he says in Proverbs 4.18. Amen? But here's the deal, is that the world started in what is known as the dispensation of innocence. And then this was Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve. And it ended uh, when they, uh, the, with the fall of man, when they ate of the fruit. And then it went into what is known as the dispensation of conscience where every man decided what was right or wrong in their own hearts. And we messed it up because, I mean, we couldn't figure that out. And it ended with uh, uh, the ark, you know, and the flood in the earth. And then it transitioned into uh, what is known as the dispensation of human government. The Tower of Babel, when we were trying to figure things out and put together leadership so that they can help us uh, 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 have a relationship with the Lord. I mean, it was a mess. And God ended this dispensation uh, through confusing their languages. And we transitioned into the dispensation of the promise where the Lord gave a promise to Abraham. And he said, man, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And as many as the, the, the sand is, the grain of sand in your hands, so shall your seed be. Can you count the stars? in the sky. I can't do it. I can't do it. There's just too many. He says, so shall your seed be. And out of uh, Abraham came two nations, uh, the Jewish nation and the nation of the believers, you and I. Amen. And so that's why scripture said we are Abraham's seed. 
according to the promise. The seed being Jesus and we being in Jesus become the seeds that came uh, out of Abraham. Amen. And after the dispensation of uh, the promise came the dispensation of the law. When Moses went up uh, uh, the mountain and he he got a tablet with uh, Ten Commandments, that was the dispensation of the law transitioning into the dispensation of the church, known as the dispensation of grace. And we're going to look at that. And this started with Jesus at the cross when he said, it is finished. He was saying the end to the previous dispensation of the law, now the beginning of a new dispensation known as the dispensation of grace or the church age. Before this dispensation, there was no church. They never used to have uh, any church. And it's interesting uh, that Jesus actually reached out into the uh, secular world to uh, name this group of people that would determine the uh, 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 condition uh, of, of, of life here on the earth. And he called them the church, better known as the ecclesia or the called out ones that are at the seat of power. It's kind of interesting when Christians blame the government for the uh, decline uh, of the fabric in their communities when the person who's really responsible is the church because God has called us to be uh, the ones that determine. When we come together and we touch and agree on some things, the Bible says it will be done, it will be established by our Heavenly Father. Amen? So instead of sitting around and complaining, you and I need to touch and agree on some changes. This is why uh, uh, this place of unity is going to be very important when you become a part of the ecclesia. We all have to agree on one thing. And when we do that, Scripture says it's going to be established by our Heavenly Father. And at the end of this church age, it's going to be the rapture, and then we'll come into uh, what is known as the millennial reign of, of Jesus Christ. And this is going to be fun. This is going to be lots of fun. Amen? This is going to be lots of fun. But today, we want to zero in at this and look at what that means for you and me, the church age. So quickly, let us go now to Ephesians chapter number 3 from verse 1 to 6. Ephesians chapter number 3 from verse 1 to 6. The Apostle Paul says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Did you see that? He says, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. In fact, this is the reason why we have church on Sunday. It's because we are in the dispensation of church. Church is not another social club that we decided to add to your calendar. Church is something Something that God intended. Church is something that God instituted when we transitioned from the dispensation of the law. God wanted believers, a group of people uh, that would get together and make things happen for the kingdom of God. Amen? And so the Apostle Paul talks about this dispensation of the grace of God in verse 2. He says, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already, by which you read you may understand the knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to them. So this dispensation of grace was not made known to all these other ages, but to you and I it has been revealed. And I might add, every time you see the word mystery in the new covenant, he's not talking about mysterious things. 
He's talking about a hidden knowledge. It was a mystery to the previous dispensation, but to you and I, it's been revealed. It has become revelation knowledge. For the other dispensation, it was no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men. But to you and I, it has become, but by his spirit, he has revealed these things unto us, yea, even the deep things of God. So for you and I, the grace of God has been revealed to us. Amen. You and I live in the dispensation of grace. And the Apostle Paul, in all of his letters, which we call the Pauline Revelation, is making known this mystery. In fact, that's the core uh, uh, of his message to the Gentiles, for them to see this dispensation and to realize that Christ, who is the hope of glory, lives on the inside of us. Amen? And he says in verse uh, 5, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by who? By the spirit of his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. And watch what he says in Colossians chapter number 1 from 25 to 27. He's still talking about the dispensation of, of grace. He says in verse 25, Whereof, the apostle Paul, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill or complete the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches. Someone say riches. What is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, watch this now, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man, in the new covenant, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. In the new covenant, uh, I like to put it this way. God left heaven to come and live on the inside of you. That's why 1 John 4, 4 says, He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? This is a mystery that has been reserved for the dispensation of grace. Man, you are powerful. You're living in a time that the Old Testament saints could only dream of. Man, God has put all of the power. We read last week, Romans 8, 11, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead has been put on the inside of you. And when we transition after rapture and then Jesus comes and we go into the millennial reign for a thousand years, here's what's going to happen. You and I, our bodies, mortality is going to put on immortality. And here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a bunch of people that are going to be born in the millennial realm, uh, uh, reign that have not experienced life on this side of the ledger that are going to be coming to your house to find out what it was like to walk around with God living on the inside of you. And you're going to start telling them, man, we were walking around laying hands on the sick and we saw them recover, casting out devils if you did it. Some of you are going to say, man, I, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> Christ in me, the hope of glory. People are going to be coming to your house and say, man, what did you do with this? The same power that you're telling me that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead was on the inside of you. Yes, they're going to camp around your house and say, tell us, what did you do with it? I, I believed God for another iPhone 14. I mean, they're going to be disappointed. <laughs> it says believers. Someone say believers. believers. Shall cast out devils. Cast out devils. Believers. believers. Shall lay hands on the sick. And they recover. 
believers shall tread upon scorpions. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall by no means harm them. Believers. And we're going to be walking around talking about, man, they, there was this little thing that they called the pandemic that they came and he, that's what we're going to be saying in the millennial realm. Man, they thought it was a pandemic. They thought we were going to be fearful, but we were at church, just chilling out at church. And man, the power of God in us protected us from this thing. Amen. We're going to be sharing these stories of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. Talk a little bit about the church. Matthew chapter number 16, and uh, we're going to read from verse 13 to 18. Man, we, we live in the greatest time ever. Hallelujah. It says in verse 13, Matthew 16, When Jesus came into the course of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That should have been an easy question to answer. I, the Son of Man, am. You is the Son of Man. <laughs> verse 14, they said, Some say that you are John, the Baptist. Some say that you are Elijah. And others say you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So that word Christ there uh, is not Jesus' second name, surname. (laughs) The word Christ there is Jesus' title, redemptive title. Uh, The word Christ is Jesus, the anointed one, and his anointing. Amen? And he says in verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. We see from reading this scripture that revelation is not from our own intellect. Revelation comes from above. It comes from our Father. Our Heavenly Father reveals these things to us. You cannot uh, uh, get the stuff that I'm teaching you today. You can't get the mystery. Christ in you, hope of glory from a physics textbook. Amen? It has to be revealed by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And he says in verse 18, And I say also unto you, talking to Peter, that you are now Peter. So he changed his name from Simon Barjona to Peter, which means little rock. Someone say little rock. He says, Now you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not Uh, prevail against it. The reason why I wanted you to repeat that Peter means little rock is because there are some denominations that believe that Jesus was saying that he's going to build his church on the foundation of Peter. And so they've gone and found the remains of uh, Peter and they've put them in the foundation of their church building so that Jesus can build his church on Peter. That's not what he's saying. The name Peter means little detached rocks, little smolanyana. And the other word rock there where Jesus said upon this rock is pointing to himself. He says upon this rock is talking about the, the big rock, the chief cornerstone who is Jesus. And he's saying upon this rock, upon Jesus, he says I, someone say I. He says I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. And that, you know, word, my, is a pronoun that points to ownership. So Jesus gets to be the one 
that build his church. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. He says, I will build my church. And it's the kind of church that Jesus builds that belongs to Jesus that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. He never said, I have this idea of building a church and I'm going to find some clever people to build it for me. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. The reason why he says the gates of hell shall not prevail is because the church is forcefully advancing forward, Mushuga. We are going forward. We are not retreating. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. And that's why he says the gates of hell can't stop the church. Someone shout, I'm unstoppable. Man, you know, when I read scripture, the more I read scripture... And uh, the more I, I listen to uh, worldly music that they play uh, uh, in all different kinds of places, the more I feel like, man, the church should be writing those songs. Yeah. There's one that says, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. I feel like Christians should be writing that because that's all we do. And then the new one that the, the, my, my kids introduced me to, they introduced me to it on Wednesday. It's called, uh, I'm... I'm, I'm on, on the way up. I'm on the way up. <laughs> Nothing can stop me. I'm on the way up. I was like, man, Christians should be writing these songs. Because guess what? The church is on its way up. And watch this. Nothing can stop the church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Hallelujah. But we're over here writing wimpy songs. I'm just a nobody. Just trying to tell anybody, anybody about somebody. Man, we don't have conviction in the truth of who we are as children of God. Amen. We need to get a little bolder. Even the, David, David began to write in the book of Psalms. Man, when he found out these things that I'm sharing with you today, he wrote, he said, man, with the Lord, I can run through a troop and scale over walls. Spider-Man stuff. He said, man, I can run through a troop and scale over walls with the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so Jesus said, I will build my church. It's his church, and he's the one that gets to do the building. We just come, and he gives us responsibilities. He tells us what to do, and we just do it, but we are not the one building the church. It's his church. And man, I had to come full face on, face to face with this revelation and I had a radical transformation of my perspective of church and leading a church it's not my church at the beginning of the ministry I thought it was my church and I tried to build it and I made a mess of it I remember the first Sunday we met it was about 21 of us and then the next Sunday we grew to 14 or 13 and then the Sunday after that we grew to five and then man I thought man now it's time to build this thing And I was trying to build it in my own strength. Man, I worked hard. And here's what would happen is that while I'm trying to build it, uh, see, when you're trying to build it, it's going to be a mess because your your attitude is going to go down the drain. You're going to have a stinking attitude. If you try to build it, Jesus never said you should build it. And I had a stinking attitude at the time. I mean, the five of us members, and one guy came to me. He said, Pastor T, I'm sensing that the Lord is bringing promotion to my life. I feel that the Lord is calling me to Canada. Praise God. And I'd like for you to pray with me. Believe with me that God may open this door of opportunity uh, so I can move to Canada. And I thought, man, I'm not going to pray that. 
I'm trying to build something here. Here you are trying to, where are you trying to go? Stay here. Because if one person leaves out of the five, that's 20% of the church. You ain't leaving. Stay here. I'm building something. Terrible attitude. Until the Lord spoke to my wife uh, uh, through a prophetic voice. And uh, my wife came to me. She said, the Lord spoke to me. I said, what did he, what did he say? She said, uh, the Lord said for every one person that leaves, he's going to bring 10 from different walks of life, from uh, different places, multi-generational, multi-racial. At the time, five of us. For every person that leaves, literally, radically changed my attitude around serving and pastoring the church that Jesus is building. Now I was praying them away. One goes, ten comes. Praise God. I ain't fighting with nobody. Amen. And because of that, we have had some interesting people join the church. I mean, from all walks of life. And here's the good news is that when Jesus is building it, he gets to be the one that brings them. It's not your promotion. It's not your uh, marketing you know, skills. It's the Holy Spirit. He is the one that begins to draw them. I remember there was one guy who joined the church. He worked next door at the American embassy. His name was Michael. Michael was interesting. Uh, when Michael joined the church, before the Sunday that he came uh, to finally join the church, there were two other guys. Two, remember, two other guys that came uh, to do a, a pre-inspection. That's what we call it. He, he, they were from the U.S. Embassy. They just came, and, and they were sitting there. There was another guy. I think he was the boss, Freddie. Freddie came, and he just sat, sat, sat in there, and he had uh, uh, big uh, glasses, you know, black. And he just kept them on throughout the service. I'm preaching hard. This guy's just sitting there looking. And then I think he went back and he said, all clear. Then Michael came with his family. And so Michael joined the church. Michael, where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn. What are you here to do? I work for the American people. I mean, Michael, man, I'm trying to figure out Michael out because he looked like CIA. Because I watch the movies and I can tell if it's CIA or not. And I'm, Michael, man, Michael. I mean, Michael was crazy. The one time we had a family fun day, you remember? Family fun day, we are busy brying. The guys are busy brying the meat. The, we turn around, Michael has already gathered all the women, he's teaching them martial arts. Whoa! Woo! Ha! Oh, self defense! Ha! Oh, ha! Oh. And he's saying, if a man touches you this way, bow! Man, I'm looking from across the, 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 the field, I see my wife punching. Whoa! I'm like, Michael, what are you doing, bro? Get me beat up at home. <laughs> I mean, Michael, the one time we because I used to lead the life group then, now I don't. Sipo uh, is our life group leader, and I get to salute with both hands, man. Sipo, last week we were supposed to not meet for life group, according to my wisdom. I'm the pastor of the church. Sipo calls me, hey, pastor, should we meet on Thursday? Because it's Good Friday. Tomorrow we're going to be at church. So I tell him, man, I don't think we should meet. He said, actually, I've decided we're going to meet. I'm like, okay, we'll be there. <laughs> we met, and I'm thinking, man, this life group leader, I need a new life group leader. <laughs> and so he came. We used to lead a life group. He came to my house. Chucks was there. A few of our life group people were there. And we're just talking, you know. If someone comes to your heart, what would you do if you had a gun, you know, shoot him on the leg and then call the cops? He said, man, why would you shoot someone on the leg? An injured animal is dangerous. He said, man, I'll blow the brains out. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> and then the day that he left, he called me. He called me on the phone. He said, Pastor, I'm just calling to let you know that I'm leaving. Uh, I'm going on to my next assignment. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Afghanistan. So, man, I'm like, Afghanistan? On the phone, I'm Afghanistan? He said, yeah. I said, man, we need to pray right now. 
for the Lord to protect you so that he can keep you. And so he said, no, pastor, don't worry. That's what I do. I got this. And I'm thinking, what kind of dude is this? He doesn't even need prayer. And so here's the story is that the Lord has over the years brought all kinds of people. You know why? Because we've just followed Jesus while Jesus, watch this now, is building his church. I have a lot of young people that come to me and say, Pastor, how do I build a church like yours? I said, you know what? Sit down. Let me, let me give you the, the secret sauce. They sit down. Are you ready for the secret sauce? I tell them, man, here's the secret sauce. I don't know. Because I'm not the one building it. I just get to do my part. Amen. When Jesus says jump, jump. When he says do this, we do that. And we do it with excellence because we are bringing a sacrifice before him. Whatever he asks us to do, we do it with excellence because we are bringing it to our heavenly father. We are not doing it to attract people. We are not a customer service center. In fact, one of the statements you're not allowed to say in our staff meeting is, this is what the people want. I told them, I said, no one cares what the people want. The people can be crazy. Yeah. Now, the people overseas don't, can't tell a man from a woman. Yep. <laughs> they say when a little child is born, you must put to be figured out. Man, I can tell them right away whether it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> Amen. Man, I'm telling you, the people don't know what they want. The Holy Spirit, on the other hand, Jesus, on the other hand, he knows exactly what the people want. And when he leads and we take his follow and we follow, he takes the lead and we follow, man, we can be a blessing at a much higher level than when we turn this thing into a customer service center. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Listen, you could be doing better if you allowed Jesus to build your family right now. Your family, no gates of hell will prevail. Just let Jesus do it. You could be doing better if you allowed him to build your business right now. No gates of hell will prevail. You could be doing better if you allowed him to build your ministry. Whatever Jesus has called you to do, man, just let him take the lead and you follow. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. God, Jesus has brought all kinds of people into this ministry. We had people from Burundi, people from Nigeria. John, John was from Nigeria. You remember John? I mean, John was a, I mean, he was a blessing. He was no rich guy or anything. He was just a blessing who appreciated the love of God. I mean, John had been saved uh, uh, when the Lord touched his life. He was a drug dealer and radically transformed his life. I mean, this dude was in love with Jesus. He would show up at least one hour before service. And while the guys are still practicing, John would be up on his feet worshiping to practice songs. He's just in it. He's just, and when he came to say, Pastor T, I'm going back home. My family needs me. Man, I was heartbroken. But because I realized that Jesus is the one doing something, I was graciously able to bless him and release him. It's not Tavara Ministries International. We always like to add international, you know, international. No, it's Jesus Ministries. Amen? I said amen. Uh, uh, last Thursday... And I'm telling you these stories just so you can see that Jesus is the one that's building his church. Last Thursdays, uh, I, I, you know, 
uh, touched my back at uh, CrossFit. Man, I messed it up real bad, and he was sore. So I was at life group at the end. They said, anyone for prayer request? I said, man, I need prayer. And so the person that prayed for me was Sunita. And some of you may not know Sunita's story. Sunita, when she walked into Faith Church, she walked in as a Hindu person. She worshipped 1,500 gods. She walked into the building with red things in her, on her hand and all. I mean, she was full-on Hindu. Walked in with Simeon. In fact, they almost walked out because when they came in, Simeon had a little bit of church, you know, background. He almost walked out because he was like, the pastor is not wearing a suit. But today I am wearing a suit. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. It's matching. I just need a tie. I'm working on it. <laughs> and so Simeon decided, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, uh, ministered to him, stay. And he stayed and he's stayed ever since. And uh, can you imagine? This Hindu girl started praying for the pastor. She's binding and rebuking things. I bind that spirit of, of pain from the pastor's back. Jesus' name. Man, I was so blessed. Instant healing. Boom. And on Saturday, I'm back at CrossFit so I can mess it up again. <laughs> and I'm ready. But the point is this, that God is the one building something. Amen. And he gets to bring people from all walks of life. Amen. And when they come, it's not our duty to try and keep people. It's not our duty to try and manipulate and control and, and you know, come up with gimmicks. And, man, our duty is to, to just serve Jesus with all our hearts Amen. and with all the excellence that we can find. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, when you realize that Jesus is the one building his church and you submit the church to him, you will do better than you're doing trying to build it yourself. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Quickly now, let us go to uh, what I like to call the five things that distinguish the dispensation of grace from all the other dispensations, uh, backward and forward. The dispensation of grace is special. Why? Uh, because of this, number one, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, uh, they did not have the indwelling with the, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit worked with the saints, but in the church age, he lives in us. Amen? Never to leave us or forsake us. Jesus said, when he, the comforter, shall come, he shall abide in you. For how long? Forever. Amen? And so for you and me, when the Holy Spirit comes and he makes his abode in us, he's never going to leave us. At no point will he ever leave us. He is with us all the days of our lives. Amen? We are not orphans. Praise God. Number two, the individual priesthood of every. Someone say every. I didn't hear that. Almost heard that. He says the individual priesthood of every believer. That's another peculiar thing of the church. In the Old Testament, uh, there was a, a specific tribe uh, uh, where the priests came from. In the New Covenant, every believer is a priest. Every believer can approach God. Amen? So you don't need to, man, I don't know if I should say this, but this is going to set you free. You don't need to go through your spiritual covering. In fact, you won't find that verse. Because your spiritual covering is Jesus. All I'm doing is coaching you on the sidelines, and you get to play. Man, you want to get uh, uh, go and buy a car? Buy the one that you like. Try to call me, talk about, 
Pastor, which car should I? I don't know anything about cars. Spiritual covering. Talk about when you're trying to get married, marry the one that you're attracted to. I mean, I have ideas of who you should marry in the church. I can match make. I, you know, I, oh, yes. You let me, I'll fix, I'll fix this thing this Sunday. By next Sunday, we won't have any single people. It's not my job. In fact, we have a lot of young people, young brothers. Brothers are slow in 2020. They're slow. They're just slow. Christian brothers are slow. And so what they do is they come, Pastor T, please pray for me. You know, I'm believing God for a wife. And I say, man, have you thought about sister so-and-so? They say, yeah, I've thought about sister so-and-so, but I'm still praying. And, I, you know, one year, I'm still praying. Two years, I'm still praying. Three years, ah, you know, I haven't heard. And, and then there's another brother who gets saved today. They don't know anything about Christianese or about all this. I'm still praying. They just show up to church. Oh, sister so-and-so. Oh, yeah. What you got? Six months later, Baba, we have a wedding. And then the brother still comes with, Pastor, I need more prayer. Come on, man. Pray and watch. That was Tafara. That was not the Holy Ghost, right? That was me. <laughs> yeah, number three. Here's what makes peculiar the, the dispensation of the church, uh, the dispensation of grace. Number three, right? Are you following? We said, number one, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Everybody has the Holy Spirit. You can hear God for yourself. Amen? Number two, the individual priesthood of every believer. First uh, Peter 2.9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a unique people that you should show forth the praises of God. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come how? Boldly into the throne room of grace where we can obtain help in times of need. We can go right into the throne room of grace. We don't have to wait uh, for some priest to go for us. Amen? Uh, number three, spiritual gifts for every. Someone say every. Spiritual gifts for every believer. In the Old Testament, only the prophets, the priests, and the kings could uh, uh, have spiritual gifts operate through them. In the New Covenant, in the New Testament, everybody can flow and function in the spiritual gifts. God has given you the gift, which is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit begins to manifest all the other spiritual gifts, watch this now, as He wills. Amen. Amen. So when you have the gift, the Holy Spirit, man, uh, in the spare of the moment, if God wants to manifest healing for someone, he will work through you so that he can manifest that healing so that that person can receive uh, that healing. Amen? Man, we are not deficient in any way as new covenant believers. Man, I'm telling you, we are filled with all the goodness of God and all the power of God. He has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Amen. Amen. Number four, the church. The church didn't exist in the Old Testament. It began when Jesus said, uh, it is finished. And the official launch was at the day of Pentecost. 
That was the official launch of the church. The ecclesia, the called out ones. And what is the duty or the role of the church? The duty and the role of the church is to keep in check the tides of evil so that they don't overshadow or overwhelm our community. As long as the church is here in the earth, as long as you and I can get together, touch and agree on some stuff, evil can't overrun and overwhelm our communities and our schools and our places uh, that we live. Amen? It's like the moon. The, the moon is, regulates the, the, the tides of the, of the sea. Just like that, the church regulates the tides of evil. We can't overrun. As long as you and I is here, better known as are here, we can touch and agree on some stuff and bind and loose some things and stop and keep in check the tides of evil from overrunning this thing. Hallelujah. You know, when there was a drought uh, in Cape Town, some people were saying, man, it's the judgment of the Lord. It wasn't the judgment of the Lord. It wasn't the judgment. It's because the earth is in a fallen state because of what happened, in, but God is going to redeem the whole thing, and it's going to be beautiful again. But we had hope. You know why we had hope? Because we knew there's a church in Cape Town. As long as there's still some believers who can touch and agree on some stuff, that rain will come, Amen. and we'll be out of that drought. Yep. Amen. And so the church is the hope of the world. And we know that after the church is taken out from here, after we are raptured, man, evil is going to run rampant because there is no one, there is no moon to regulate it and stop it in its tracks. Hallelujah. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. The fifth thing uh, that makes the church age, the uh, uh, dispensation of grace peculiar is this, the new birth. In the Old Covenant, the new birth did not exist. In the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ is a new creature, old things are passed away, old things have become new. And I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I'm a new covenant believer, loaded with the power of God. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of me in his fullness. I am a priest. A royal priest. I belong to a holy nation, a chosen generation to show forth the praises of God. I have the Holy Spirit in me. Holy Spirit, my heart is open, my mind is open. Manifest the spiritual gifts as you will for the benefit. Of the body. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things have passed away, and everything, everything has become new. I belong to the great church, to the great ecclesia. And by the way, when we're talking about the church, we're not talking about faith healed church, we're talking about the body of Christ. And you are a part of the body of Christ globally. Amen? Amen? You are not part of uh, this, you know, small little community that meets in four ways. Man, the plan is way bigger than what you see right now. It's, a, it's three billion of us in this thing. And when we touch and agree on some things, three billion of us, I'm telling you, uh, things move. Hallelujah. There's a corporate anointing that comes with it. Praise God. Someone shout, I belong to the great ecclesia the great church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I'm subscribed to what Jesus is doing 
in the earth. And I'm here, Lord. I'm here to, for you to command. I want to be a part of what you are building. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's how you come into ministry. You don't say, man, I, you know, Lord, show me my ministry. I want to build my ministry. A lot of young people come to me, say, man, Pastor T, you know, I want to know how I can build my ministry. And I say, man, you've already failed before you've begun. We're not here to build my ministry. We're here to build what Jesus is building. We just become a part of it, and we just serve in it, and we bring our best in it. And when you do that, man, you are on your way out. I'm all the way up. Amen. Can I pray for you guys? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for these, your precious sheep. Lord, I thank you for these truths, these realities that we see in Scripture of who we really are. Lord, I thank you that our identity in Christ, in the new covenant, in the dispensation of grace, is that we are filled, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We are not orphans. Lord, I pray that you may illuminate, you may make this revelation come alive, on the inside of every single uh, one of your children under the sound of my voice. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that this reality uh, may become real to them, that they may move from a, it may move from a positional truth to a vital truth, something that they are experiencing in their personal lives. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you may begin to uh, enlighten them, remind them, Bring them this revelation that they are indeed a royal priesthood. Lord, I thank you, Father, that they will from today onwards approach the throne room of grace for help with boldness. Not with timidity, but with boldness because of what Jesus did for us at the cross. Lord, I thank you, Father, that these, your children, will begin to grow in this uh, a revelation and in realizing that this is a, the greatest time ever to be alive. Where God comes to dwell in mortal bodies. Where God begins to do the work through us. Lord, I thank you that by this revelation we shall see many mighty exploits. For they that know their God, they that have knowledge of their God, shall be strong and they shall do mighty and great exploits and these are the ones that have that knowledge of who you are Lord Lord I thank you for mighty and great exploits in their lives in their families in their businesses in their ministries whatever you've called them to do Lord I just thank you that as you lead they're going to take a following Lord, I pray that even in times of success, I bind the spirit of pride. Even in times of success, Lord, I just thank you that they're not going to want to take credit for any of it. But Father, that they will realize that it's Jesus working on something and that all glory belongs to him. Lord, I just thank you and I give you all the praise. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone say it. Amen and amen and amen. Were you blessed today? Come on, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Man, aren't you glad you are alive? Aren't you glad you came today? Isn't it better to be here than to be in jail? Yes, pastor. Praise God. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. 
To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. Hey.